0: Okay, um, I'm back. Sorry about that yesterday. Our car broke down in the middle of uh, middle of nowhere, so I couldn't. Uh, so, sitting in the back seat of the car. Anyway, um, my plan is to travel tomorrow, Bezashem, Hashem, and I'm back to give daf in person uh, starting Friday. I'd say for the rest of the summer, but uh, it's basically uh, for the foreseeable future. It's past the summer. Okay, so the last thing, we're up to We're up to the of Rav Yehuda, which is five lines in. The Mishnah, the Gemara had said yesterday that there was a Machlegus of the of whether an oil, an <coughs> oil that is made by God or not man-made for the purpose of a shelter, is it considered a shelter in Halacha? Is it considered an oil in Halacha? So he said, let's say, um, you have a cave that was carved out by uh, water so the question is does the roof of the cave serve as an oil usually when they're dealing with an oil regarding Tomet has two ramifications one is that any thing under that oil if there's a dead body under the oil then anything under that same roof is also tome and also it'll serve as a it'll It'll stop, it'll be mafsik. it'll separate anything above that oil. So anything above the cave, if the roof of the cave is considered an oil, then it spreads the tomato to everything under the roof of the cave, and it also stops anything that's on top of the cave from becoming tamasar. Behuda felt that it has to be man-made, for the purpose of a shelter, for it to be considered an oil in halacha. So the Gemara picks it up from there. Is it true that view that holds that any shelter that's not made by man for the purpose of a shelter is not a shelter in halacha? Regarding Tuma or Minhu, I have a contradiction. Now if you remember, regarding the Para Aduma, um, there's some things to remember. Uh, and that was that there was a machlokes between the Tzedukim and the Rabbonon. Uh, the Tzedukim held... That someone to in order to uh, to burn uh, to burn the paraduma to sprinkle the ashes of the paraduma you have to be completely tahar you cannot be a tful a tful means that you're tame you went to the mikvah but you still haven't had sunset yet that's called a tfulyoim. the rabbanon felt that a tful is allowed in order to show that a tful is allowed the rabbanon made it that the person who sprinkles the ashes of the paraduma they would make him tame that day and then put him in the mikvah but the problem was that created a certain laxity, and therefore, in order to be machmer, they took certain restrictions regarding the laws of paraduma in order to increase tahara. So, th- this mission is on that concept. The, the Bryce said, This is the mission to Oilus. The mission says, Chatseris, Hayyab, Yushalayim. They were chatseris, the courtyards built in Yushalayim, Agabi, Asela, on top of bedrock. They and halal. They were sort of hollowed out, meaning that. They created a, lays, a raised platform, so they had the ground, they would raise the platform a tefach, then build on top of that tefach. The reason why they did that is because, as we said before, anytime you have an oil, you have a roof of a tefach, This, in this case the raised platform, it stops the tumah, if there's tumah under it, from, from going past it. So therefore, in Yerushalayim, when they're transporting the paraduma, they have to make sure that the end right they would take it from they would take it to outside of Yerushalayim by Harazesim, so they, they had to make sure that there's no Tumah. Now, how do you know there's no corpse buried somewhere? Someone could have been buried somewhere hundreds of years ago. So therefore, they built a raised platform. That raised platform of a Tefach stops the Tumah from going past. Because they're worried about a grave being there. Now, one of the process of paraduma was that the water. Now, the water was drawn from a well now the person who drew, draws the water is supposed to be Tahar. And therefore in order to to create a, a high level of Tahara the Rabbanon did it, the Rabbanon made it that they would use children under the age of nine to um, gather the water into the cup. And how do you, now the reason why you can't be nine and up is because once a, a boy hits nine he could have an omission and he could be himself Tamek. They wanted to be completely Tahar. So, what they do, they took children under the age of nine. How do you know these kids are Tahar? These kids were raised in a specific location from the moment they were born until they were that age, and they were completely removed from tuma. The Gemara, the Mishnah explains: This raised platform area where no tuma can penetrate, even if there's toma under the ground, it wouldn't hit that part. Pregnant women will go there and give birth there. And they would raise their children there. There would always be children that were being raised there. In this town. Meaning and that, that. That would ensure that those kids are Tahar. Because they had no access to any Tumah. Never been to a cemetery. No chance for there to be a cemetery there. The kids are completely Tahar. Now, you got to get the kids from this area. You got to get them to the water to get the water. So how do you make sure that the kids are Tahar? So, mavi and shvarim, they would bring oxen to those courtyards. And on the back of the oxen were these giant doors. These doors sort of served as a platform. They would sit on the doors. Therefore, even if there's tumah, as they're traveling, right, they're, they're leaving the courtyard, and therefore, let's say they go past the grave, that door serves as an oil, because it's more than a tabach off the ground, and it stops the tumah from reaching the child. The children sit on the doors. They have cups of stone in their hands. Um, now, the reason why they pick stone is because they're not susceptible to tuma. So they wanted to ensure that the that the the vessels were were tahar. Um, then, they would get to the shiluach spring they had to go into the water now even though when you go into the water there is a chance that there's a grave under the water but it's such a remote chance and this Tanakama feels that you have to actually do it with your hands you can't just lower with a levy lever system from the ox you had to go inside all of yoshelah they would go back onto the doors and they would transport the waters back to the base of Rav Yaisi disagrees. He says that they would not get off of the ox, of the door on top of the ox, because there might be a grave under the water. And he felt that you're allowed to just lower the cup with a rope into the into the shiluach. The tanya, now, why is this all relevant? It comes Rav Yehuda. We said before the review Yehuda holds that a grit, that a oil that's made by God, is not considered an oil. Rav Yehuda. Review the rites, they would not transport the kids on top of doors. Rather, the kids would ride on the ox. And the ox itself, the belly of the ox and the back of the ox, the back of the ox was the oil. Meaning, what's an oil? An oil is a platform that's off the ground, that stops. So the back of the ox is off the ground, a and that would stop. So as long as the kids are on top of the ox, and they're not leaning over, as long as they're on top of the ox, the back of the ox is the oil. Now that's Reb opinion. Now wait a minute. Now Reb opinion was that to be considered an oil, it has to be made by man for the purpose of a shelter. Yet, he holds that the back of the ox could be an oil. What's, uh, what's going on over here? The back of the ox is obviously not made by man. It's made by Hashem. So it's a contradiction. Yesterday we said that to be considered an oil in halacha... Regarding the laws of Toma, it has to be made by man for the purpose of a shelter, yet he considers the back of the oxen oil. So, Kiyasar of Dimi Amrav Alazar, of Yehuda Kimali Agraf. The answer is, Rabbi Yudha agrees with the size of a fist, meaning this fist, Rashi explains, is the fist is really um, not the fist of a person, but the fist of, uh, of the ostrich, which is very, very large, meaning. Rabbi Yehuda agrees that if the shelter is, right, what's considered an oil, it has to be a tefach, a tefach off the ground and a tefach thick. So Rabbi Yehuda said that if it's made by God, it's not considered an oil. However, if it's more than a tefach, it's the size of the tefach, the hand of an ostrich, which uh, Rashi explains is the head of a human being. So if it's the size of the head of the average human being, like the back of the ox, off the ground that high and it's that large that it's so significant that even if it's made by Hashem so it does review the whole that has to be made by man it depends, if it's just a tefach yes, if it's the size of the head of a human being, then it's so big that even if it's made by Hashem that's enough the Bryce is similar, it says agrees with boulders and rocks, that if it's big enough then it's fine, so if it's made so it does not have to be made by man if it's the size of the head of a human being. So wait a minute. So you're telling me that if it's so large, then it's good. So the, just as an aside question, that Rav and the Tanakama held, were trying to create an oil to protect these kids in order to get them to the water, to gather the water for the Paraduma. So the Tanakama and Rav say, they sat on doors. Comes Rav then he says, no, 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 no doors, back of an ox. The implication is that he's, like, upset with the door. He doesn't like the use of doors. But why? What's the problem with the door? The door is very large. It's very thick. It's off the ground. It sounds like Ravida is against the doors, but why? What's the problem with the doors? It's definitely big enough, as you said, if it's the size of a head of a human being, that it doesn't even have to be made by man for it to be an oil. That door was huge. It's a very, very large door, very wide, very tall, off the ground. So why is Rabbi against using the doors? So Amr am Rabbi Yudha. Sir Yudha's answer is, Rabbi is not against doors. He's saying doors are unnecessary. You could use the back of an ox. But not that he's against doors. Doors are great. It's a chumrah. But it's not necessary. So when he says, you don't use doors, you use the back of an ox, he means you don't have to use doors. If you'd like to use doors, of course you could use doors. That's Abaya's take. Rabba Omar, Rabbi says, no, he was against doors. He didn't like the use of doors. Why not? Ravida did not want them to use doors. Why? Go to the next page. The reason why Ravida was against doors, the whole purpose of the door or the back of the ox is that it serves as an oil. Now, it only works if the kid is entirely on the door or entirely on the ox. If the kid were to hang out, hang over, look on the sides, and and be over the airspace, not that would be a problem. Review that was against doors because the nature of riding on a very large door is that you feel secure. When a kid feels secure, he feels like he could play and he'll look and he'll move and he'll squirm and he'll reach over and there's a chance that he'll be exposed. The reason why Review used the back of an ox, is because when you're riding in the back docks, you're not very comfortable. If you have to hold on tight. If you hold on tight, there's no chance that you'll, you'll peek out on the other side. So if you do it against doors, because you're too comfortable on doors, not that doors are a problem. Doors are fine. The problem is that if you're comfortable on doors, you'll reach over and you'll start looking, and you'll feel comfortable, and you'll expose yourself to the elements outside of the door. That's what Rava says. Tanya Kavasid Rava, we have a brace at the backs of Rava. The Braze says, it speaks in Amamish, says, They did not bring the doors at all. Because a child is very confident when sitting on top of the door, and he might extend part of his head or part of his limbs beyond the door, and he might be on top of a grave. Rather, what they would do is they would bring Egyptian oxen, Whose bellies are very wide, but the children were on top of the ox, the back of the ox served as a as a oil to stop so to 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 stop any tumma from penetrating. Fine. Now, why is this relevant? The reason why any of this is relevant is right now we're saying that according to Rabbi Yehuda, whether it's man-made, whether it's God-made, if it's the size of a head, of a human being then it's an oil and everything under it is tummy but the tumor does not penetrate but it's an oil but wait a minute we're learning mesecha sukkah what does it have to do with sukkah the case of the bed of the mishnah which is definitely that large it has an open space separating from the top of the bed to the ground the size of a head if you remember in the Mishnah the Mishnah had a discussion is it a problem to be in a fort under the sukkah so you put a fort in the sukkah put a sheet on top of the bed so you're under the sheet is it a problem says so said yeah because you're not under the schach anymore you're under the bed says you're under the sheet comes our Me- says I slept under the bed when we were kids all the time not a problem why but wait a minute if you're telling me that the definition of an oil is any time between the bottom of that canopy or that roof to the ground, there's the size of a human head, that's an oil. So if that's an oil regarding Tuma, that's an oil regarding Sukkah. So why is who the lenient that you could sleep under the bed and it's still considered sleeping in the Sukkah? But why? the Under the bed to the ground is the size of a human head at least. So the bed, therefore, the, the bed serves as a roof. And now you're not under the schach; you're under the roof. I Meaning if Yudha considers that an oil regarding Tummah, it's considered an oil regarding sukkah. So why are you let us sleep under the bed? So the Gemara says Shani The reason why Yudha considers the bed okay, <clears throat> and it's not considered an oil, is because you're not supposed to sleep under a bed. A bed is meant to be slept on top of. And therefore because it's meant to be slept on top, the base of the bed is not it cannot be a roof. To be a roof means it's meant to be a roof. So even though it has the dimensions of an oil, it has to be that it's meant to be a roof. You're meant to sleep on top of the bed. If you sleep under the bed, the, the, the base of the bed is not a roof because that's not what it's meant for. Therefore, Reb Yehuda is fine with sleeping under a bed because it cannot be an oil. But wait a minute. Shoram the So you're telling me that a bed cannot be an oil because it's meant to be slept on top of and not under. So therefore, the bed cannot be a roof. But wait, we just got finished saying that, Reb Yehuda holds that an ox's back is a roof. You're meant to be on top of the ox. So if you're telling me that if you're supposed to be on top of the bed, therefore the bed cannot serve as a roof. So... The ox, you're also supposed to be riding on top of the ox, so therefore the ox cannot be a roof. So how are we saying that the ox's body serves as a roof to stop the Tumah from going past if you're meant to be sleeping on top? It's not. Meaning, what's the difference? The ox is considered an oil, but the bed is not. What's the difference between the two? The says, I'll tell you the difference. A bed is meant to be slept on top of, therefore the bed does not serve as an oil. But the ox, the reason why the ox serves as an oil because there are times where you use the ox, you sit under the ox. Why would you sit under the ox? Apparently, when it was very rainy or very sunny, shepherds would sit under their ox. They would put their head under the ox's belly and it would protect them. So therefore the ox serves as a roof. And it's met, and it's used as a roof. So a bed is meant to be slept on top of. You don't use the bed as a roof, so it's not a roof. But the ax, sometimes you sit under. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. A bed also, you, you put your shoes under the bed. You put stuff under the bed. You want to, if, if you have extra clothes, you put it under the bed. That means the bed protects the shoes, it protects the clothing. So the bed also, what's the difference between the bed and the ax? The Gemara says, the difference is, a bed is not meant, even though you could put stuff under it, it's meant to be used on top. The ox's back, while you're supposed to ride it on top, the usage, Hashem made the ox's back to protect the belly, it protects the entrails, it protects the organs. So because it's meant, it's manufactured by Hashem in order to protect what's under it. It's considered a roof. So the bed is meant to be on top. But the ox is meant to be a roof because it's meant to protect and to shelter the organs that are under it. That's the difference. Another answer? It could be another answer. And the answer is, you know the difference between a sukkah and an ox? Really, the ox is an oil, and really, the sukkah is also an oil. So, oh, if it's an oil, how are you ought to sleep under the sukkah? Then you're not under the schach; you're under the oil. The answer is Rabbi Rabbi The Amar sukkah dieres Kevabin, and we had a discussion earlier in the Masechta. Rabbi Yudah holds; he's one of the seven tanoyim that holds. That a sukkah has to be a permanent residence, and not like what we assume, which is has to be temporary. He holds has to be permanent. Therefore, because the sukkah is permanent, you're supposed to permanent. It's supposed to be a permanent residence. The bed, even if it's as an oil, it's definitely temporary. Nobody is meant to sleep under a bed. So therefore, sleeping under the bed is at, at most a temporary residence. So you're in a temporary residence. That's within a permanent residence. Anytime you're a temporary residence that's under a permanent permanent residence wins. He says Sukkah The Sukkah is meant to be a fixed residence. But Kavua. But the bed space under the bed is at most a temporary dwelling, even if it's a dwelling, it's not meant to be there. oil therefore the temporary residence of the bed does not take away from the permanent residence of the sukkah. So that's why he okay with sleeping under the sukkah, uh, sleeping under the bed, even though the bed's an oil. It's an oil a And the sukkah's an oil keva. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. The, well, how do you understand Rav Shimon? Rav Shimon holds you now to sleep under the bed, but Rav Shimon also holds that the sukkah has to be, has to be a, a fixed residence. So Rabbi Yehudah's whole answer of why you let to sleep under the bed is because the bed is temporary. The sukkah is permanent. Permanent beats temporary. Rabbi Shimon also holds the sukkah has to be permanent. And he's against sleeping under the bed. So why? The answer is Baha pligi. The answer is that's what he argues with Rabbi Yehudah about. They both agree that the sukkah has to be permanent. The machlokes is, if you're sleeping in a temporary residence, within a permanent residence, does the temporary residence take away That's the machlokes. Okay, let's finish up. Tanya Amrev um, Shimon. Rav Shimon says, Mesichas Right, we had a whole thing that Rav Gamliel also held Yonala to sleep onto the bed and he said, my servant Tevi slept onto the bed because he knows that slaves are exempt from the mitzvah and he slept under the bed in order to show you that that United not to the mitzvah slaves are exempt. So Tanya Amrev um, Shimon. Rev Shimon said, Mesichas <laughs> From the casual conversation, a sicha is not as a formal shir, it's just like a schmoozing. From the schmoozing of Rav Gamliel, we learned two things. We learned that slaves are exempt from the mitzvah of of sitting in the sukkah, like Tevi. And we learned that if you sleep under the sukkah, under the bed, you're not yotze. Now, that that we know, the question is, why are we calling what Rav Gamliel said a sicha? A sicha is like casual conversation, it's like schmoozing, it's a little bit like denigrating it, it's a little bit like oh, you talk about baseball, you talk about learning Sicha is a little funny so the Gemara says you should say from the words of Rav Gamliel not Sicha the answer is the answer is to tell you another Chiddush and that is that even the casual speech of Atam HaKacham is Taira. And you have to learn from it. All the leaves do not wither. Meaning, the reason why he said Tzich is to show you that when Atam HaKacham, even if it seems like a casual conversation, it's Taira. So therefore, even from his Tzich we could learn from. Okay. Let's just finish up. Um, the Mishnah says, Tzich, the Mishnah so let's say you take the, the posts of the bed. You take the bed and you put schach on top. Okay, so now the bed is a vessel, so it's susceptible to Tumah. So obviously the bed cannot be used as the schach, but here you have kosher schach, you're just using it as the walls. So ksheira, it's kosher, because what, what, what's the problem? Rabbi Yehuda says if the sukkah cannot stand on its own meaning, if you need the, the, the bed posts and the bed structure to hold up the sukkah, it's a problem. So Rav is against holding up the sukkah uh, by using walls made out of a bed. Now the question is, why? What's the problem? So my time at Rav says, Gemara, what's Rav this issue? So there's two explanations. Plih of av It's Chad amr lokeva. One says, because it's too movable. Meaning, this is a situation where apparently... If you put a four-port, if you take a, a bed and put z'chach on top, I can literally pick up the entire sukkah and move it. It's momish movable. Says the first opinion, the reason Rav Yudh is against it is because he holds that a sukkah has to be structured a little bit better. It can't be completely portable. Now, by the way, although Rav Yudh is okay with a sukkah on a wagon or a sukkah on a boat, over there, the the ground moves with it. Over here, the ground is staying and you're just like, boom. Pick it up. It has to be in the ground somewhat to have something that's mamish transportable review this against. So the reason why I review this against, the first opinion I review is against putting schach on a, on a bed is because you could just move it. It's like on wheels. Review this against that. The Omer, and one opinion says, is the This is called maimid. Anyone who learns the laws of sukkah will have the terminology called maimid. Maimid means that we know the schach cannot be made of something that's susceptible to Tzoma, but review is against even holding the Schach up with something susceptible to toma. Meaning the holds, that's called Maimed. The support beams of the Schach cannot be of something that's susceptible to toma. That's called Maimed. So because the, the Schach, although the Schach itself is not made of susceptible to toma, but the Schach is being supported by something that could, that's the issue. That's why, by the way, whenever you're making a sukkah, we don't lay the beam, the, the schach, on metal. We always put wood there because the metal, that would be like the metal, unless you had a metal frame, you don't put schach right on the metal because the metal frame would be maimed. It would be supporting the schach. And we want it to be supported by something that could be used as schach, which is wood. So what's the difference in these two opinions? They both hold that he's against the sukkah bed frame, either one because it's portable or one because it's... it's um, supporting the schach with something that's susceptible to tumma. What's the difference? You know what the difference is? What if I have a metal frame so it's susceptible to tumma, but I, I, I nail it into the ground? If the problem is that it's portable it's no longer portable. Then it'll be okay. If the problem is that the schach is being held up by something that's susceptible to tumma, it is being held up. So that would be the difference. The difference is you take iron metal and you, you take iron spikes and put them into the ground like a like mamish spikes in the ground, puts Chach on top. If you hold the problem is that it's portable, this is not portable, this is structured, that would be okay. However, if you hold the objection is that it's being supported, supported the is being supported by something that's susceptible to tumma, this is being supported by something susceptible to tumma, then it will be a problem. One last topic. It's only a problem if you're supporting the schach with the bedpost. But if you place the schach over the bed, um, meaning, instead of putting the schach directly on the bed, you basically put it over the bed. So you're not using the bed as the walls. It's kosher. It's fine. My time. So, if you hold that it's transportable, this is not transportable because it's not being supported by the actual bed, it's being supported by wood around the bed. And if you hold the problem is that it's being held up by something successful to him, it's not. It's being held up by wood, but not by the bed posts, by a frame around the bed frame. Therefore, we will be okay. All right, we'll stop here. and We'll pick it up uh, tomorrow as a show.